You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Brian McTaggart, who covers the world champion Astros, but they only have that title for a little bit longer as we head into 2018. Uh, Brian, we have a lot to get to, but there's some news I wanted to get to before we start to wrap up spring training because we didn't get to talk about Jose Altuve and his contract extension. Uh, five years, $151 million. That's a lot of money tied up, Brian, wondering do they have a chance to keep their other core members like Carlos Correa? Uh, yeah, that, that is a lot of money. I mean, they have a chance to keep some of them, but I, I don't know if they can keep all of them. I mean, uh, Dallas Keuchel is a free agent after this season. Marwin Gonzalez, of course, those are two of their key players. Correa is a little bit further down the road, but he's going to command uh, at least $150 million, if not more. So, But I, I think it was a, uh, a message by the Astros that they would like to keep these guys together as much as possible. Correa uh, or, or Altuve is going to play the bulk of his career now with the Astros. He has mm-hmm. a full no-trade clause, so he'll be 34 years old probably carved out a Hall of Fame resume by the time this contract ends. They would love to be able to do that with Correa as well. But when Correa hits free agency, he's going to be 25, 26. Who knows? He might have an MVP or two under his belt at that point, and the money's going to be crazy. And the Astros aren't going to start throwing around $100 million contracts. I don't think that's the way they're going to do business. It's going to have to make sense for them. They had Altuve uh, very cheap, and they still do, um, for the last few years, and, and they're, they're sort of paying him – forward I think from uh, the, the contract he got previously but it, that's a big challenge going forward to see who they keep and who they don't and we'll get our first taste of that this offseason but you know good for Altuve uh, 150 million uh, best hitter in the game perhaps the best player in MVP he's got batting titles he's, he's won just about every award there is to win and he's finally getting paid. Brian I was listening to the press conference when it was happening and a reporter asked why why now why did you do this now why not wait um, and I can't remember if it was Jeff Luno or Jim Crane who said, why not? Why not now? Right. Which I really liked. Uh, they're obviously very confident and ready to show these guys, you know, hey, you, you earned this money and we want to keep you and you, we want you to continue to win championships here in Houston. So I, uh, I thought that was, that was a really good line. Yeah, that was Jeff Luno who said that. And, yeah. And, you know, I'll, you know, look at some of the – Altuve still has two more years before he would have been a free agent after 2019. But if you look at the market after this year, Harper and Machado are going to be uh, free agents. And, and I know Altuve had his eye on, on what they were going to get on the market. And I think the Astros perhaps tried to get out, out in front of that a little bit and, and sign Altuve to a contract without having to compete with what Harper and Machado right. get on the open market after this year. That makes sense. Okay, Brian. So we're going to get to a little bit of wrapping up for spring training. So I have a couple of questions for you, and we're going to start with what turned out to be the biggest storyline of the spring. Well, you know, I, I think for the Astros, the, the biggest storyline has just been, how should I put it, sort of their, their focus on trying to repeat. I mean, there, there are very few, there were just two jobs up for grabs, so there was no drama concerning the roster. The only real injury was Yuli Gurriel, but, you know, he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. So it was a pretty mundane camp from mm-hmm. the, the drama that usually surrounds injuries and roster battles. But if you remember early on in camp, 
um, you know, Justin Verlander was saying, we're the team to beat. Everyone was saying, we're the team to beat. They, they heard all the attention the Yankees were getting. And I think this is a team that all spring is going to go into season with a chip on its shoulder. Even though it won the World Series, it feels, uh, I guess, a little bit slighted, um, you know, maybe if you right. could put it that way. So I, I think this spring has been about um, trying to maintain the, the focus, trying to main, uh, keep hungry. If you remember, the, the Cubs last year were under 500 at the All-Star break coming off their defense of the World Series. The Astros don't want to do that. They want to come out here and lap the field right away. And I, I think they're going to come out very hungry. I don't think there's going to be any lackadaisical uh, tendencies to them at all. And that, that's just sort of been the theme throughout the whole campus. We want to go back-to-back. They wear shirts now that say back-to-back. They're very <laughs> focused on this. They don't want to be a one-hit wonder. So in a, in a campus been pretty mundane as far as stories goes, that's sort of been uh, a theme throughout the whole thing is these, these guys want to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest, Brian, though, I think the biggest test comes when something happens, injuries happen, and they're going to face some adversity and, and how they came back, just like they did last year. And I think that they obviously now have the experience going into that. They know what it takes when you lose some of your key players, how to continue to win and stay focused and go all the way. And you mentioned, Brian, that there weren't a lot of position battles going on in camp this year. They are one of my favorite things. But is there one, the one that did stand out to you, uh, who, who is it between and who's going to win it? Yeah, well, it, the, the only real one that has been uh, an ongoing uh, battle has been sort of, I guess you would call it the 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 fourth outfielder. I mean, Springer's back on the outfield. Reddick's back. Jake Marisnik is going to be a, a fourth outfielder who can move all around. So they, they have this opening in left field specifically for their starting left fielder. Derek Fisher, one of their top prospects who came up last year, was sort of the guy coming in the camp. Is, you know, he's going he's gonna to win this job. He's going to be the guy. But he hasn't hit well this spring. And all of a sudden, Tony Kemp, I know one of your favorites, Danny, Tony yeah. Kemp, has come on strong, and A.J. Hinch towards the end of the camp saying Kemp is making a strong push to get that final spot. I mean, uh, Kemp doesn't have any power, but he does put the bat on the ball uh, really well. Fisher can really run, has a lot of power, but is striking out a lot. As he did last year, he's doing it again this spring. So it's going to go right down to the wire between those two, and uh, that's that's the one position battle. But, you know, I, you asked me a week ago, I, I would have thought it would be Fisher easily. But it looks like Kemp is really making a push here to try to get this opening day roster now. And, Brian, with your experience, when it comes to making that decision, what what does it come down to? What's the X factor that says Kemp is in or Fisher is in? What is it? Well, it comes down to their tools and what they can do. You know, both of them are, uh, you know, not great defenders. They can get the job done out there in, in left field. It's a small left field at Minute Maid Park. But Kemp is an infielder by trade, so he's playing the outfield just to try to expand his versatility. Um, it's just gonna it's just gonna be how well they can play defense, um, how well they can fit into the lineup. We know this is a great lineup; they don't have to carry the lineup. But um, you know, I, I think in a perfect world, it's probably Fisher if he can because he has that power and he can run. But he just needs to cut down on those strikeouts. And th- this is a team that does not tolerate strikeouts; they struck out. Uh, fewest times in the majors last year, I believe. So if, it's, it's a case of Tony Kemp putting the bat on the ball more and uh, making more contact and moving runners more than it's going to be Tony Kemp. Okay. And would you say that Derek Fisher is the prospect that stood out the most this spring? Oh, no. Kyle Tucker was the prospect that stood out the most. Uh, their, their top outfield prospect in his first big league camp came up, hit four home runs, I think drove in 15 or 16 runs, uh, looked spectacular. A tall, lanky kid, left-handed swing. Uh, looks like he's ready to play in the big leagues now, but the Astros made it pretty clear Tucker is not competing for a spot on the team. 
I'm guessing he will start the year in double A, be in triple A, perhaps in the big leagues at the end of the year. He's only 21 years old, I believe 20, maybe 20, 21 at the most. So he, uh, I think he's got star written all over him. I'm mean, here, here are the Astros with this loaded lineup. And now you got a guy like, uh, you know, Kyle Tucker coming up and that goes back to what we talked about earlier is who, who, what, what players are they going to sign on this core to keep going forward? Well, if you have a Kyle Tucker coming up now, they can play one of these outfield spots you know, maybe uh, maybe a, a George Springer, when his time comes in a few years, you know, maybe they'll be apt to let him walk in free agency. Who knows? I'm just sort of thinking out loud. But right, Cal right. Tucker looked very good this spring, and uh, I, I think he's going to be in the big leagues very soon, and I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, no one pushed the panic button yet on George Springer. Oh, no, no, no. George is around for a while. He's yeah. still, still a key part of all this, but yes. certainly they'll have to make a decision on him at some point. That's so great to hear, though, about Kyle Tucker. So the guy who's not a question mark, but – Someone who is a question mark, or what is the biggest question mark entering the season for the Astros? Do they have any question marks, Brian? Yeah, I think they do. I mean, they're not a perfect team. Uh, you know, obviously, they have a very deep lineup. It's great. If the rotation is healthy, it's great. Really no question marks there. I think the bullpen remains a question mark. We all saw what happened in the playoffs last year when Ken Giles was a mess, and it was, they had starters closing out games, McCullers and the ALCS, Morton, of course, in the World Series. Those are starting pitchers that were pitching in relief. You know, they've gone out and bolstered the, the bullpen a little bit by adding Joe Smith and Hector Rondon. So uh, there's, some, they, there's some pieces there. There's some veterans there. There's another year of experience. Uh, Ken Giles has a good, had a good year as closer, did not pitch well in the playoffs. So I think there's still some question marks about how the bullpen is going to, going to come together. What's going to be the effectiveness of Tony Sipp from the left side? Uh, can Will Harris bounce back a little bit? So they have depth in the bullpen. They have experience, depth. But I think we still need to see how it's going to come together and see how some of these guys are going to perform. And maybe this answers my next question too, Brian, but what has to go right this season in order to contend again? Well, I think they have to stay healthy. I I think if they stay healthy, they run away with the division. When you get to the playoffs, who knows what can happen. But if they go into the playoffs with the the rotation of Verlander, Keiko McCullers, and Garrett Cole, I I think it would be really hard to touch them. And you can put Morton back in the bullpen at that point. So, um I think it's just health. I mean, they, they had a lot of injuries last year. I don't think people really realized the full extent of how beat up they were last year. All five of their starting pitchers were on the DL at one point. They lost Correa for almost two months, and they, they still managed to get everybody healthy right in time for the playoffs, and they ended up winning it. So uh, this team is deep. It's a, a veteran team that knows how to win. They've done it before if they can just stay healthy. And they've had, a, they've had a great spring. I've never seen a team stay this healthy for the entire spring. I mean, this has been very few injuries. So that can carry over into the season. I think they're poised to make another long run into October. And when you get into October, who knows what can happen. But they're going to be right there. It's like a whole new season in October. But we'll focus on the regular season at hand first, Brian. So as we wrap up, I'm wondering, when are you leaving Florida? When are you heading back? When is the team leaving? Uh, what's, what's going on with that? I'm wondering when I'm leaving Florida, too. Will I ever leave Florida? <laughs> uh, Astros play their last game here on Sunday, and they're leaving right after the game. Uh, they play the Brewers on Monday at Minute Maid Park and Tuesday, and then Wednesday's an off day, and they're, and they're flying up to uh, making the short flight up to Arlington to play the Rangers on uh, opening day on, on Thursday on an afternoon game. So as for me, I'm going to stay an extra day, leave Monday, uh, go home and uh, be at the ballpark on Tuesday, and then I'm going to hop in my truck and drive on up 45 to Arlington and, and get this uh, thing underway. And then, so I'm looking forward, looking forward to uh, another good season. Uh, Greg John said that he is in the best shape of his life uh, this season. Would you say the same, I Brian? It. 
I agree. Greg Johns was in the best shape of his life. Yes. <laughs> As for me, no, definitely not. <laughs> Heading into the season. All right. Well, listen, Brian, this is our last podcast of the spring, unfortunately. But I know that you are going to be working fearlessly and tirelessly to bring everyone all the incredible Astros news because I know that we're going to see a lot of gems from this team and from you as well. So you can go to Astros.com, check out all of that good stuff. Brian, any parting words for us? No, it's been a it's been a fun off season. You know, there's been some cool storylines we've talked about, and uh, always been one of my uh, highlights of the week is to hop on here with you and, and talk some Astros. And uh, don't be a stranger; you can still uh, we can still talk baseball from time to time. Don't you worry; I'm going to be bugging you. I told Greg, you know, just because the podcasts, are, you know, we're slowing those down doesn't mean that I won't be keeping up with you guys. Keep my eyes on your teams. Don't worry about that. Okay, I expect it. That's great. All right, with Brian McTaggart, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.